So turn over to Mark chapter 11. Uh, this is a couple key texts that Pastor Brian has started in, and I'm not going to deviate from that. Um, but Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 22, uh, we know this. I'm going to read out of the New American Standard. I do that a little bit more. Pastor Brian's a New King James guy. But it says, And Jesus said, answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. I like what Pastor Brian said last week. He said, You've got to understand what faith you've got to have, whose faith you have to know where you have to have your faith in. And he said, Have faith in God. Because you can have faith in anything. You know, um, Y'all have faith every day when when you come over here that that little line that divides your side from the other side actually keeps those people on that side of the road. You know, you're driving and there's this little bitty line that somebody painted, a man did, and you believe that when that car's coming at you at 50, 60, 70 miles an hour that they're actually not going to get in your lane. You know, because if you didn't have belief system, you'd be scrabbing hold of that thing, white-knuckling it, screaming, you know, real loud, you know... Every time it comes by, uh, but you believe that you don't. You don't take no thought, do you? I mean, seriously. Unless they start moving, then you start saying, "Okay, what's going on?" But typically, you don't even pay attention. I mean, half of you got the one hand, you got the text, and the next, you know. I mean, you destined to actually go over the line, but come on, you know what I'm talking about, Jimmy. Jimmy said, "Man, Pastor Earl's been in my in my truck." Okay, so we are to have faith in God, not just in anything, but in in God. Amen. Verse 23 says, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Jimmy, would you give me some water, please? Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted you. Amen. Okay, so um, Pastor Brian made this statement. He said, have faith firm persuasion or firm conviction in God that comes by His Word that is rightly divided. Amen? Okay? So if we're going to have faith, faith meaning a firm persuasion, okay, and we're going to see this in a second, he said firm persuasion or firm conviction, and that faith is in God, but in God it comes from a source that comes from, thank you so much, man, I appreciate that, that comes by His Word, but not just His Word. It's His Word rightly divided. Because, you know, um, I think Pastor Brian does this all the time, actually. Um, you know, uh, or maybe it was Doug Jones that said, um, you know, you can make the Scripture say anything. And um, there's a Scripture that said Judas went and hung himself. And then there's another Scripture that says, go and do their likewise. So, I mean, if you can put that together, well, is that rightly divine God's Word? Does God want us to have faith in hanging ourselves? No. But, you know, the Scripture does say that. Judas hung himself, and there's another Scripture that says, go and do that, go and do so likewise. Well, obviously, God does not want you to kill yourself. So, we are to have faith or a firm persuasion, a firm conviction in God uh, that comes from His Word that is rightly divided. And it's so important for us to rightly divide the Word. Amen? Uh, I, I, um, let's look at this word mountain. This word mountain was, um, was um, defined as anything, you can write this in, anything that rises up, anything that rises up against you in, your li- you in life. Anything that rises up against you in life that is contrary to what God says 
anything that rises up against you in life that is contrary to what God says about you as a child of God. I'm going to keep reading it and keep adding. Anything that rises up against you in life that is contrary to what God says about you as a child of God and a citizen in the kingdom. And that would be a period. Okay. So again, what is a mountain when he says you'll be able to say to this mountain? It's anything that rises up against you in life that is contrary to what God says about you as a child of God and a citizen in the kingdom. Okay? You got that? Okay. So, I'm going to ask this question, and I want a response. What is faith? Okay. Evidence of things not seen. Sure. What's another definition? One that you've heard Pastor Brian say. A firm persuasion. A firm persuasion, yep. A strong conviction. A strong conviction based upon a belief. Okay? Right? Be not as though they were. That's good. That's good. But faith, faith again by definition based upon the Greek word pistis, it means a firm persuasion, a strong conviction based upon a belief. Now, every, everything y'all are saying is true. Okay? It is calling those things that be not as though they were. It is um, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? According to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and yours is Romans chapter 4. Okay? Verse 16, I believe it is. Um, but um, that's what those are. And that's good. The reason why we ask the questions is because we have to identify, do we understand the concepts? Uh, I know when we switched things over down in St. Augustine with our school of life, we moved to a kingdom institute. Uh, we totally changed the system by which we educate because uh, I can't tell you how many uh, of the students that came through, you know, all they were concerned about what was their grade. You know, God don't care about your grade. God cares about whether you apply His Word. Because you can get an A on a test and then fail it in life. And then, you know, we come to find out just because we know uh, matching or true and false, you know, which that's 50-50, um, does that mean you really understand the concept? So when we ask the questions, what it does is it provokes a response and, it, and then it starts to pull something up out of you. And this is what we want Wednesday nights to be. It's something that can pull this, these teachings back out of you so that then you can actually communicate what you're hearing. Because what good is it if you hear it if you can't re-communicate it? You know? I mean, we are to be a witness, right? Well, what are we going to witness? And we've got to be able to communicate the Word. So, Bible studies are these studies like this that provoke conversation. Jesus did this all the time. He would ask, well, who do people say that I am? Remember, He asked questions. And they said, well, some say that you're, you know, Jeremiah, Elisha, one of the prophets. And then he said, but who do you say that I am? And that's what Peter said. Peter said, I believe that you're the son of the living God. And then he said, flesh and blood not revealed that to you, but my Father who's in heaven. Meaning, you didn't learn that on your own. My Father, who's a spirit, had to communicate a spiritual truth concerning who I am to you. And you got it. But not only did he get it, he was able to communicate what he got so that Jesus knew that he knew. Okay? 
You know, sometimes people, well, I know, but I just can't communicate it. Well, then really you don't know. If we can't communicate it, then we really don't know yet. We really don't know. Because part of knowing is being able to recommunicate. Why do we call people teachers or instructors? It's because they can teach what they know, supposedly. And that is debatable. Okay. I understand that. A lot of people have the label of teacher and they're no more teacher than the man of moon. I recognize that. Okay. So, um, faith is, what is faith? It's a firm persuasion, a strong conviction based upon a belief. Okay. Fill in the blank here. Again, just trying to jog memory. Faith is the blank of the currency. Anybody know? I mean, thank you. Yeah, I meant, I blew it. Faith is the blank of the kingdom is what I meant to say. Yeah, currency. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. Now, I helped you there because if you looked at your outline, you see that there's the next word we're going to define is currency. You wouldn't have thought about it. Okay. Okay, somebody tell me what currency is. By definition of what Pastor Brian said the first week. Okay. Exchanges, exchanges in it. Okay. Anybody can add to exchange? Good y'all pulling your notes out. Yeah, this is pop quiz, man. You didn't think you pop quiz. That's all right. Hey, look. It's lobster fest. Hey. <laughs> so, okay, currency. Exchange. Anybody else can can add a little more to that? Okay. It is by definite, a medium of exchange. A medium of exchange. Medium meaning is something. There's something by which you're making an exchange. You know, we ministered a message down in St. Augustine called Kingdom Economics. And we talked a little bit about when currency started to develop. Because prior to currency, there was a system called bartering. You know, I'll do this part for you. You do this part for me. And there was an exchange of goods, not necessarily currency. Finance, okay? But today we operate in a realm of finance. Like today I came to Red Lobster and I had that, you know, fried lobster. And we also had a little appetizer and I got an extra salad because my wife and I shared that huge plate, okay? And um, so, and then got leftovers for her dad. But we ate all that food, but I couldn't leave a restaurant without exchanging something for what I just ate. You know, and it was actually a piece of plastic. And that piece of plastic goes to a bank that exchanges numbers out of one screen and moves it to another screen. The actual currency doesn't change, you know, per se, at all for that matter. Um, it's just numbers game. Okay? So what the numbers say in one account changes, deletes from that one and goes to another. There was an exchange that took place so that I could um, enjoy that food. If I had not had any money... The manager probably would have had me doing some dishes or something to have another level of exchange for the food that I ate. Unless I could convince him that I could beat him in Yasi next time for the food. All right. You see this. So currency is just a medium exchange. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. It is the exchange between one realm to the next. Okay? And so faith is a very important subject in the kingdom. Okay? The kingdom is the forest. Faith is a tree within the forest, okay? The Word of God is just not faith. The Word of God is the kingdom, okay? There's the kingdom, and faith is the currency that operates from His realm 
to our realm. Okay? So with that being said, let's go back over to Hebrews chapter 11. And then we're going to kick into some new ones. Hallelujah. We're doing our mountain relocation project, part three. Okay. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, And without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must what? Must believe that He is... And that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. I think that's important. Hey, good evening. We got a sheet right over there if you want to pick it up. It's uh, part three. So, um, you, you must believe that he is. That's very important. Okay? Um, because if you don't understand who he is, then there's really no sense in understanding that he rewards you for seeking him. Because why are you seeking after someone you don't think that can actually pay you? You see what I'm saying? I mean, why would you go work for somebody that you don't know whether or not they're going to pay you for all your time? That's tough. I mean, most people don't do that. Okay? Most of the time you say, okay, I, I, I agree to come and be employed with you. I'm going to work. And, and then y'all discuss some form of, you know, salary, whatever that is, you know, compensation. And then you give them your time ahead. I mean, you know, Jimmy, you work 40, 50 hours, 60 hours. And then you get paid for what you worked. So in essence, you work for free until they pay you. It's a belief system. Because they could close up shop and you just gave them 50 hours of your life. And then you're hiring lawyers to try to get your 50 hours of pay. In one sense, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, the world's operating off this system. I mean, the electric bill. You pay after you've used so they believe that what you use, you're going to pay. Credits, same thing. You, you, you use that credit, you purchase that item. Now the credit's already paid for your item, but then they expect that you're going to pay them back. There's, that's, that's faith. There's an exchange there, but there's an unseen. There's a, um, uh, a commodity. Something's been used before the other exchange has actually taken place. Well, you've got to actually believe that the person you're pursuing can actually get you the resource. Because most of us would not stay employed at a place that we work 40, 50 hours a week and never got a paycheck for. You know? Now, there are people who volunteer. Don't get me wrong, and I understand. But most of them are operating under, I'm a volunteer. I'm sowing that time. Not I expect to get paid, and they never pay me. That Most people won't stay in that position very long. Okay? Well, the same thing is we've really got to understand that God, and you know, unfortunately most people don't believe that God does pay out. Because when they, what they do is, if they don't get what they were believing, then they say, well, I, you know, God had another plan. Well, that makes God look like a bad manager, doesn't it? I mean, Jimmy, if you worked all them people and then didn't pay them, dude, you probably wouldn't be manager very long, you know what I'm saying? Especially, and it's even greater than this, because God actually owns everything and everybody believes that. If they thought you were keeping all the money. Well, you know, I just don't think they deserve it this week. You know, I'm trying to teach them something. You see what I'm saying? I'll use my own, I'm using these resources myself. You know, whenever, I'll get them there, get them paid. Well, we treat God like that. So I want us to key in on this one word here. It says, And without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. This word rewarder, okay, in the Greek, I want you to see what this means. This word rewarder means this, to let go of wages 
for service rendered. That's literally what that word rewarder means. To let go of wages for service rendered. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For we must believe that He is and that He lets go of wages for service rendered to those who seek Him. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. When we believe God at His Word and we believe His Word cannot come back void. We run the little cards, right, Jimmy? We run the cards and it sometimes comes back what? Declined. Meaning, this void is nothing on. I can't run a transaction. It's no good. You know, we write our check, write void. Why? It's, this is no good. There's, the wall, wall that I wrote on here is no good now. Void. But the Lord says His word shall not return unto Him. Void. So God always makes payment or He pays the wage of person's faith. Okay? And that's important. Pastor Brown has been talking the last couple of weeks that, you know, people can put on a persona of faith, but the real question whether someone's in faith is, is is their payment? Now, that doesn't mean, again, like us, how many of y'all uh, get paid weekly? Okay, get paid weekly. I get paid weekly. I, I like weekly. Okay, how many get paid every other week? Okay, so see, you don't get paid every week, but you do. See, that doesn't mean that his service rendered for two weeks doesn't produce a result. He gets it every week. So he goes, golly, Jimmy, you got great faith, man. Every week you get it. But look at him. I mean, he can't. Where's yours this week? I can, well, I ain't got it yet. I'll get mine next week. Well, you don't have no faith then. See what I'm saying? Now, some, sir, I know in some school systems, teachers, a lot of times they'll get paid monthly. That means they get a whole chunk in one month. I mean, one time. Twelve pay periods. That's it. Well, to say that they aren't getting a wage for a service rendered would be a lie. And, and Pastor Brian alluded to this. It says, through faith and what? Patience we inherit the promises of God. So, in essence, what the Lord's trying to do is He's trying to get us out of formula mode and getting us into trust mode. Because it's not about whether God gives it to you right this second in seen manifestation or whether you receive that Ten days from now, the bottom line is, you know when you prayed, you got it. And He's going to pay you. Period. You will receive what His Word says. And it will manifest, and all will know that it manifests. Because God wants people to know He is a rewarder. God is not cheap. I mean, He's not into cheap labor. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, because what He did was He sent His Son to make payment for you to redeem you back into His kingdom and then gave you a measure of faith, which is His Word and understanding of His Word, so that then you'd start working that Word. And when you were faithful would believe in that portion of that Word, He gives you more Word so that you can make more exchange. See, the gifts of the talents, a lot of times we only look at it in monetary, but a lot of times that has to do with, because again, our exchange in the kingdom is faith. We are to live by faith. Faith is not a, um, uh, it's a work. I mean, you're working it. You're working your faith. James said it. He said, you say, let me see 
uh, your faith by your works, but I tell you, I'll show you my faith by my works. Meaning, I'm working the Word, and the Word produces what it says. Okay? Let me show you a few more scriptures here. We're going to build this point. Okay? So, he's a rewarder. Rewarder means to let go of wages for, for um, service rendered. Your service is that you're fighting a good fight of faith. You are using the currency of the kingdom called faith. Faith comes from the Word of God. Okay, First John five four says this: For whatever, and write these down. I got some a lot, quite quite a few other scriptures that I didn't put in your handout. Okay, that's why you need to have a notes page. Because if I did that, then you just have my outline. First uh, John chapter five verse four says: For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world: our faith. Our faith. Victory, in essence, um, overcomes defeat. That means there was a lack or a defeat. We see this in a financial exchange. Again, you have a bill due electric, $125, let's say. Okay, boy, we wish it was that low. Okay, so let's get reality. $250 a month for your electric bill. Okay. From there, you how do you overcome that? You overcome it by sending in your $250. You see that? You overcame that circumstance with that financial exchange to them. Okay? You see that? God's not limited to finance to overcome. God's not limited. Do you understand? You could not have the 250, God say, call them. You could call them in obedience to the king because you're a giver, you're a tither, you're in his financial system. Okay? You're a faith person. And you're talking and just say, you know, I really don't have it. You know, what can I do to, you know, to, in trying to make... And they could, by God's grace and favor that's extended to you because you're a child. That month they say, you know what, we're going to credit it. I mean, just something that's mind-blowing out of the ordinary, but God's able to do this. Now, that doesn't mean He'll always do it this way. Why? Because God's not into formulas. The formula is live by faith. But you can't start saying, well, if Jimmy called them and they done, then the Lord, you'll do that for me. No, the, the root is, is that the provision was manifested whether it's through they just dis, you know, let it go, they said, oh, it's already been paid, someone's already paid it for you, whatever the case may be, you can't look at how it happened, just that if it got paid for him, it'd get paid for me. Whether you give me the finance, whether someone does it for me, whether there's some form of promotion, whatever, the Lord can do this. Okay, you see what I'm saying here? Okay. So faith overcomes these mountains, these things that rise up against us that are contrary to God's Word about what He says that is yours as a child of God. So Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says this, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God. Now, understand this. You have to accept what you hear. You have to be a doer of what you hear. Hearing's just not enough. Okay, let's look at this again. So then faith comes. Just because faith shows up doesn't mean faith's at work. Okay? Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God. And as Pastor Brian gave us that definition, that word that we heard from God is rightly divided. Okay? So when you hear God's Word on a matter, that's faith. Now it's your responsibility to work that faith. 
That's why James said, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And I believe Pastor Brian will, in the next, within this next three weeks, will cover being a doer of the word, not hearer only. Okay? But, uh, but we won't be able to do that tonight. But you are to be a doer. There is something beyond hearing. It is actually acting on what you hear. Plenty of people hear that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, but not everybody acts on it. So faith came to them that they needed a Savior and needed to get born again. But until they act on that faith that came to them, it doesn't produce anything. Okay? Because faith without works is dead. And we're not talking works mentality. We're talking working the Word. And working the Word is obeying what the Word says. Okay? I'll give you an example of working. Um... If um, I've had an argument with my wife, okay, we've gotten to an argument and I'm just mad and I, I, I just, I have an outburst of anger. That's that's a sin. You know, I'm supposed to have an outburst of anger. I have this outburst of anger and I'm just mad, you know, and I storm out of the room and I'm just ticked off and the Holy Ghost says, you're wrong. You need to go back and ask her to forgive you and tell her you were wrong. You need to repent, change your thinking and go back and respond in love. That's the Word of God. Faith just came to me, and I need to make, I need to work this. How do I work it? I work it by actually acting on it and going back in and saying, honey, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I had an outburst of anger. Please forgive me. Right? I want to, I, <laughs> I want to walk in love. And now I'm operating in what God said. I just worked the word. I just worked the word. Now there can be fruit. Produce. What is some of that fruit? Well, first fruit that I got is when I asked God to forgive me because He corrected me, I received that one. Then, if she does forgive me, she doesn't have to, but I've definitely opened the door for that fruit to produce where she will forgive me. And then for love to start producing in the relationship, not anger. Okay? Okay. Now, I'm not saying anger is a sin because there is a righteous anger. The Lord got angry one time and it was without sin. Okay? Uh, but what I'm saying is, is that our, the fruit of that word begins to produce. Because that's the most important thing. You need the word's fruit more than, because the word's fruit to produce anything. Jesus was not concerned about money. All he was concerned about was obedience. That's key. If we will obey, everything else will be taken care of. Now that doesn't mean that we sit around our couch and we, you know, cause the Lord ain't gonna keep you on a couch. The Lord's going to have got you influence in the world, man. He's going to have you out and about doing things, okay? He wants financial stuff to come through your hands. Sure, He does. He wants all kind of things to be able to filter through you so you can be a blessing for people. But God's not limited to that resource. Jesus was never worried. I mean, He fed 5,000 people. And that was just the men count, not the women and children. And the disciples literally asked them, Him, should we go find bread? Should we go buy it? Because it didn't like Jesus was broke. I mean, that's a, that's a lie. You can't be a treasurer by the name of Judas and steal money and embezzle it if you just got a couple quarters. That's going to be noticeable. Well, have another quarter. I mean, but when you got multiple amounts of finance coming through, because Jesus did, he had a treasurer. And they asked him a question not because they couldn't do it. They could have went and actually purchased the bread. They could have gotten enough bread to feed everybody. 
They had the wherewithal financially to do so. But the Lord said, what do you have? Why? Because all i got to do is listen to my Father. That's the key. And Daddy's telling me that let's deal with what we have. So what do they have? Five loaves, two fish. He blessed it, spoke that word over it, and it multiplied. Because He has dominion over fish. And He has dominion over the earth. Right? And grain comes from the earth. He's got dominion over all them plants. And that bread came from grain. And He can sustain. He can. Yeah, He's done that. He can. And we'll talk more about it. Because I'm sure you all have some stuff that, you know, in your life that that's applied to. So, hearing the Word, faith comes by hearing God's Word, but we have to act on it in order to get the exchange. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. So, do you understand... Um, I want us to recognize that to get increase in the kingdom is to be able to get increase in revelation of His Word. Okay? Um, again, I'm going to keep using Jimmy because he just came from work and we were there and we can keep this in a perspective of, you know, because uh, we want to talk about faith being a currency. Jimmy's got people that's, that he manages. He, he, he's got a hostess and then he's got waitresses and then he's got him a cook, right? you got people that wash the dishes, I'm going to assume. Do you got a head chef? And then there's ones up underneath them. And you probably pay them different, don't you? Okay, what causes one chef, one line cook to be promoted up? Okay, probably based upon performance. Probably based upon his ability. Okay, but he had to start somewhere. Which means he had to prove to the management staff that he is competent and capable with what's been assigned to him. Jimmy hires him. He says, have you cooked before? Well, I did a little bit. You know, I worked at McDonald's, flipped a few burgers, did some things here. I worked that line there. Okay, we're going to give you a shot. Something about Jimmy says, man, this guy, we, I think he's going to give him a shot. So he comes in, he puts him on salads maybe. Okay, so he's working just salads. That's his area of, of responsibility. And he's working salads. And you know what? Come to find out, people are talking about how good the salads are, how fresh they are, how great they are. You know, it seems like he's just doing a great job. And from there, he says, you know what? He's been faithful with this. Let's give him a little bit more. So next thing you know, we're moving maybe to desserts or, you know, french fries, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, he may be running enough of these foods that we're getting him on the actual, you know, uh, oven. How does he do with items that are on the oven or whatever? Cooking, you know, and people are, you know, you know, compliments to the chef. And he's here. What? He's being faithful. Next thing you know, the more he proves himself faithful with what's been assigned to him and he's adequately working it, then he's getting more responsibility. Same thing with the Word. The Lord will, He gives you that measure of faith first. What's this measure of faith? The first measure of faith He gave you was, you need my Son as King. You need Him to redeem you. you and, and we're not going to go anywhere else there until you act on this. Now, He can extend free gifts to you. You know, Jimmy could have met this guy in McDonald's and said, you know what, that, you know, that's the best looking Big Mac I've ever seen in my life. Who did that? This my, you know what? And gave him a tip, which means he gave him something even though he wasn't in his realm of influence. He's in McDonald's, not in Red Lobster. You understand, the Lord can heal the person that's outside his kingdom just to let him know his benevolence. But yet, that won't be a pattern in his life. You see what I'm saying? It's a, 
you know what? I, I just want you to know there could be great things for you if you'll act on this. Now, once you acted on that word, then he continues to reveal more truth and wants to know, are you, are you willing to act on it? See, some people, they stop in their currency exchange because they're not faithful. I can't forgive them, Lord. They hurt me. They hurt me. I can't forgive them. Well, guess what? He just gave you a measure. He gave you another area of responsibility that you're not being faithful. So now he can't promote you with more revelation. Every time he gives you another level of spiritual truth, he just increased your wealth of faith. And that faith is a currency exchange with the kingdom. And causes what that word says to produce. If you can't understand what that word says, you can't have what that word says. Do you see this? If you can't understand the concept of the king's word concerning healing, then you can't receive healing. If you can't understand by faith the word, God's concept concerning um, deliverance, then you'll have addictions because you'll always feel like you're in bondage. If you can't see God's word and receive his word concerning forgiveness, then you won't ever have the fruit and obtain that. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Are we, are we good? Anybody got any questions? What I want to recognize is, anybody? What I want us to recognize is that the things that we're getting, they're a gift from God. They're a gift from God. Amen. Gift from God. Okay. Alright. Let's go on to the next one. Um, Ed, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 says this. Where the word of a king is, there is, there's power. Okay, authority. Okay? We need this word of the king. Okay? We need this word of the king. Ed Cole, who is, uh, who's, who's gone on to be with the Lord, uh, an author and a, a minister to men, said this. The only scripture we really believe is the one we obey. The only scripture we really believe is the one we obey. You can know a lot of scripture, but if you don't actually obey it, you don't really believe it. And the word believe or belief can be interchanged with the word faith. Okay? So the only scripture you really have faith in is the one you obey. Because if you don't obey it, you don't have faith in it. You don't have a firm persuasion. You don't have a firm conviction with it. Okay? All right. Um, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Okay? Through 22. We got on the handout, got a little couple fill in the blanks just to keep our attention. It says this, My son, give attention to my words. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not do not let them depart. Do not let them depart from your sight. You see that? My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from your sight. Last one is this. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Hallelujah. Amen. So he tells us to give attention. Okay? And we're talking about this mountain relocation project. We're saying in life there's going to be circumstances or things that will rise up against you and literally stand between you 
And what God said is yours because you're a child of His. What your responsibility is, is to speak to this mountain, the same word that God would speak to you, and it would be removed. This is the faith that overcomes the world. So that means there's something in the world you have to overcome. That doesn't mean you have to actually climb over it. It just means you have to overcome the obstacle. What is this victory? It's our faith. Okay? Faith is believing the word of the king. Because where the word of the king is, there's power. There's the authority is lied within it. Proverbs tells us to incline our ears, to, 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 um, to a, give attention to his sayings. We, we have to hear God's word and let it not depart from our sight. Meaning, not physical sight, but unseen sight. Know that his realm is more real than this realm. Okay? It's from his realm this realm exists. And so that faith exchange goes from, I believe you, Lord, and what you say can take place here, more than what I see is going on here, and what it's saying to me. I mean, every time you open a bill, it says something. And it doesn't talk to you. Nikki, hello Nikki, how you doing? Thanks for opening me up. I just want to talk to you today and tell you that today you owe Blockbuster. You see what I'm saying? No, it doesn't have a conversation with you like that. But it speaks to you. It speaks to you. It speaks to your account. Okay? There's a lot of things that speak to us. Okay? Talking to us. And so we have to, you getting, uh, uh, again, uh, Nikki and, and Jimmy, you know, uh, getting a uh, heated discussion about something. Something's starting to talk. You know? I just can't do nothing with her, man. I can't do nothing with her, man. She ain't, man, I don't know what's up with that. I can't do nothing with her. That's the seen realm that's talking. I mean, I don't even know where she's at right now. I don't even know what planet she's on because she ain't on this planet right now. I don't know where she's at. I don't even know how to get through. See, that the scene's talking. But now the Lord say something. About your wife. The Lord says something. She's better than silver and gold. To have a wife's a good thing. So you gotta start talking back to this obstacle that's saying, man, your wife's off the chain, man. You, you'd be better off without her. No, my wife is better than silver and gold. My wife, um, you know, um, uh, is, is, is a joy to my life. She is my help me. You gotta speak what he says. Keep that before you, and it moves this obstacle that says, y'all can't be together. It just ain't going to work. You see this? There's the exchange. We're working this faith all the time. Well, we need to be. And that's what the Lord wants us to do, be working that faith. Okay? Um, so, with that being said, I'm going to give you a couple examples. Uh, we're going to first start in, in Luke. And um, I'll read it, and then the other ones I'll just paraphrase for the sake of time. Luke chapter 7. Verses 6 through 10 says, Now Jesus started on his way. Luke chapter 7, verse 6 through 10. Now Jesus started on his way with them, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself further, for I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. For this reason, I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but just say the word only. Man, you ought to underline that in your Bible. But just say the word. And my servant will be healed. For I also, and we get start talking about kingdom authority. For I also am a man placed under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes into another one, come. And he comes into my slave, do this. And he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, heard this from this centurion, 
heard this from this uh, the statements coming from the centurion. He marveled at him. I want God to just be in awe at how I spend His Word. Of my currency exchange with Him, my faith. I want Him to marvel at my faith. And He turned and said to the crowd that was following Him, I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. This word great, okay, means this. Pertaining to a quantity considerably beyond normal expectations. I'll say that again. Pertaining to a quantity considerably beyond normal expectation. Extremely large. In essence, the Lord just revealed this man's faith account. And how much was in it? In essence, he's saying, look what he says now. This is very important. He says, I say to you, not even in Israel. Man, look at this. Israel, what is Israel? Okay, they are the, they are God's chosen people. Come on, give me a little bit something, a little bit. One word. Israel is a nation. So he's saying this. Not even in a whole nation have I found the wealth that's contained within this one man. He's saying this one man has more wealth than that whole nation. That's what he's saying. Because faith is the currency of the kingdom. He's saying this man, all he needs is my word. And he understands my word operates through authority. And he knows I'm under authority and he's under. And he knows when he's under the authority, he can operate in the authority he's under. When you're submitted to God, you can operate in that authority. There's nothing that you're going through, that circumstance, whatever it is, that if you'll get under God's word and his authority... And then say, that's the word for me, and begin to speak it, and say it, and confess it, and operate it, and act on it. That the Lord say, now there is a wealth. There is a wealth. And you want God to say that you have great faith. Amen? It says, and when those who had uh, been sent returned to the house, they found the slave, what? In good health. He's healed. Totally healed. Why? Because this man made an exchange with the unseen, he didn't need a thing more than God's Word. That was called great faith. And that's what we want. We, in the Mountain Relocation Project, what I want us to recognize tonight is that we want to become people that have great faith. People who have a large amount, a, an amount or a quantity that exceeds expectation. This is what we want to develop. To where we have such an ample supply that no matter what comes, we're able to get a word from the king on it and it has to change its direction and produce that word. With that being said, I'm going to close with this scripture here and then we're going to ask some questions. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. We've said it before, but I want to read it. It says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. They're temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Why? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my my word will never pass away. 
mean, my word will always produce in the person who believes it. Period. And I'm telling you, it's just that simple. The circumstance tries to tell you it's not. But it is that simple. Don't get caught up in the time frame. Stay in the Word. Because the Word will produce itself. It will come to pass. 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 It will always come to pass. Some things the Lord has to move. In the realm of finance, if, you have, if you're believing in the realm of finance, listen, that finance has to manifest itself if it is finance that you need. If it's not extended favor or something where someone uh, forgives a debt or something and money needs to come, he's a, there's influences taking place to be able to get it to you. And there is a time frame uh, involved there. But don't give up on it. Don't grow weary in your well-doing. Don't pull up your seed. Keep the exchange. Okay? Keep the exchange. Alright, let me ask this question. How does faith come? Comes by hearing. Is it any hearing? Okay. God's faith comes by hearing His Word. But faith does come by any hearing. In the general sense, faith always comes by any hearing. Anything. People will come in and say, Oh, did you hear what took place? And you heard something. And then you'll go and say, Did you hear what took place? And you ain't even substantiated it. You just heard somebody else say that you thought was a reputable source from what they said. Did you hear about the wreck? What is it? I mean, there's a little store. There's a <coughs> a building being built off of US-1. And we've been asking the question to ourselves, not really trying to find the answer. <coughs> Excuse me. What's going in there? What's going in there? Well, we heard that, you know, it's like a drugstore or something. Okay? Well, then my father-in-law came home and said, Oh, you know what that building is? No, it's Golden, it's, uh, Golden Corral. Really? Golden Corral? And I looked at it and I thought, it could be a Golden Corral. You know, it's got these couple doors here that maybe, but it could be a Golden Corral. You know? Now, I wasn't firmly persuaded <coughs> that it was a Golden Corral. Might have been a little hopeful because of the yeast rolls. Okay? But not firmly persuaded. So I went to someone else based upon what I heard and I said, I heard that that building was going to be a golden corral. Did you hear that? Now, see, I'm making a statement based upon something I heard. Now, some people don't talk like that because I've learned you don't talk like that. Most people say, oh, I know what that building is. You know what it is? Golden corral. Just because they're, and they're convinced it is until it's proven otherwise. And then someone said, no, this is someone's drugstore is going in. Honestly, it's going to manifest itself and I'll find out what it is, really what it is. But you see what I'm saying? So faith does come by hearing. But the faith that we are to have is faith in God, and it comes from His Word. How? <coughs> comes from His Word rightly divided. Okay? Alright, next question. What is the requirement to be recognized as having great faith? Okay, let's go back to Luke 7. What is the requirement to be recognized as having great faith? Jesus demonstrates this because He says this man had great faith. What did this man do? The authority. Right. Because remember, even Pastor Brian alluded to this, and I'm sure he's going to talk about it because he kind of set it up that he would, is that faith is recognizable. Because he talked about, you know, um, Paul um, saw the guy having faith and the guy got up and got healed. So faith is a recognizable 
Just like finance. You know, I can look at you and say, hey, man, uh, you know, I can say, Chuck, I'm going to give you $20. Well, here, take $20, Chuck. You see, Chuck, Chuck's just going with me. But there's really no 20 bucks there. Why? Because $20 is recognizable. Okay, God recognizes faith. That's why the woman with the issue of blood, she said, if I just touch his him, I'll be healed. And she pressed through a crowd, and Jesus is being pushed by everybody, trying to get to Jairus' house. I mean, they all beating him, I mean, just slamming all over him. You've been in crowds before, you know, you're like, man, you're hitting everybody. And all of a sudden, this woman just touches him, not even his body, just as him. I mean, just touches it. There's no indication she tugged on his cloak. I mean, it was a touch. And he stops and says, someone touch me. <laughs> Why? Because an exchange just took place. Absolutely. Anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She had major obstacles. Be in the crowd, and they're supposed to cry out, unclean, unclean. Which might have actually helped her, because then they might have cleared the crowd for her, and she could have got there a little quicker, possibly. But she didn't do that. Absolutely. She pressed through this realm to touch another realm. That's good. And she hit it, and God stops. Faith stops God. When faith's in operation, His full attention's on it. Why? Because it's an exchange from His realm to the next. And He wants to take credit for it. He recognized, He said, Your, now He told her, He said, Your faith has made you whole. But you understand, where did she get her healing from? The Lord. She sure didn't manifest it by herself. She manifested by trusting Him at His word and that if I touch his hand, why? Because he's laying hands on the sick and they were recovering. She's just saying, if I can just touch him. Okay? All right. So, what is the requirement for recognizing as having great faith? Great faith here in this context with the centurion is that he recognized the authority that's contained within the Word and he only needed that Word. I'm telling you, whatever it is in your life, if you just get that Word, okay? Get the Word of the King, okay? And we're not talking one Word. We're talking, you know, two or three... Scriptures that confirm what we're what you're saying or what you're standing and believing in. Okay, number three. Last question is this. Is it possible for God to miss a person in faith? Absolutely not. Right. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, he... He does not let faith go unnoticed. It's very important for us to recognize that. Because, you know, a lot of times when we pray, well, Lord, what about... It's, you know, sometimes our, even our prayer uh, and the, and the uh, attitude or motive behind our prayer is almost kind of questioning like, God, do you even see me? I mean, do you, God never misses faith. Never, ever does He miss faith. Okay? So what what it does is it just continues to challenge us to grow in a subject and to grow in this commodity, okay? Because, I mean, if I had all of us reveal our bank accounts, they're going to look different, okay? They're going to look different, okay? Um, and 
And if I said, okay, let's, let's, let's go beyond bank accounts, what are we all going to receive in our next pay period? It's going to look different. The question is, what is, what are you having to exchange with yours as opposed to that I'm having to exchange with mine? You know, cause it don't matter if you make, uh, $500,000 a week. If you're spending, you know, a couple of million a month, you're still in trouble. I remember, uh, um, Ron Carpenter Jr., who's a pastor in Greenville, South Carolina, he said, it's all relative. He says, I'm pastoring a church, 17,000 people. He said, but, you know, he was talking about a couple of years ago or last year, he said, I operated in a deficit of $364,000. It's all relative. You know, when I was smaller, I was believing. Now that I'm bigger, I'm still believing. It's all relative. So if if you're trying to believe for $100, don't think it's easier when you get you know, tens of thousands of dollars because based upon where you're at, you may be having to believe for something even bigger. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So, um, but the question is, is how are we actually using that commodity? And if we, if we master the commodity or the currency of faith, I'm telling you, whew, wow. Um, you'll live a life full of peace. You really will. Okay. Uh, and you won't even be concerned or stressed even when I don't see it today because I've already prayed. We've already made this exchange. It's showing up, period. That's why the centurion can say, so he's healed? Oh, are you sure? I mean, no. I, he knew he was going home to, and, and he's going home to someone who's going to be healed, period. So that's why Jesus, again, with Jairus, same story. He said, your daughter be, you know, I'll come heal her. And then she dies. But he had already spoke his word. He'd heal her. It doesn't matter if she dies now. It's irrelevant. Why? Because he's the resurrection. Same thing with Lazarus. Jesus, if he had just been here. And he'd been in the grave for four days. What did Jesus say? I already said it's not a sickness unto death. (laughs) He already had the word on. I already had an exchange. Time's irrelevant now. Because it's going to do what I said it would do. You see this. Hallelujah. This is the faith that we are to obtain to. Great faith. Amen? Alright, anybody got any questions or comments? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, there's a couple things. You know, the Bible tells us to judge ourselves. Because, you know, in a currency exchange, there is our part. God gives us His Word, and then we are to believe Remember, remember the story of the boy, uh, the man whose son was demon possessed, and he went to the disciples to try to get them to, you know, rebuke him, uh, to get the demon out, and they couldn't do it. So he goes to Jesus and he says this statement. He says, "If you can do anything." Remember that. And Jesus said, "If you can, if I can, all things are possible to him who believes." And this man makes this statement, which is a very powerful statement. He says, I do believe, help my unbelief. Which means he, he knew God could do this. But there's something based upon some circumstances that revealed, you know what? If there's an unbelief in me, something that can be hindering, I need you to reveal this to me. And we all have to stop and start in that seeking His kingdom. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. We've got to begin this. A lot of times ask if we say... Lord, is it a delay? Is it being delayed? Am I hindering something? Am I doing something that is 
causing the manifestation not to manifest. Guess what? He'll tell us. He'll reveal that to us. If you get in your spirit, man, no, you have it. Stand your course and make no mistake about it. Then you know what? You've got that to stand and I would uh, uh, surmise that you're going to see it. Okay? Now, I will say this. Again, I don't want to... Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. And not to grow weary in your well-doing. And it is a legitimate question to ask. You're not questioning God when you say, Well, Lord, it seems like it's taking a long time. What you're doing is saying, Is there been something that has is hindering that I need to? Because a lot of times, sometimes people are believing for healing. And the reason why they're not receiving their healing is because there's another issue. It's not that the Lord hasn't ready to heal. It's that maybe that person has unforgiveness. And they're believing, Lord, I know I'm healed. And I believe I'm healed. And here I am healed. But the issue is not a healing issue. The issue is a forgiveness issue. And then the Lord says, you need to forgive so-and-so. Well, then you forgive, and then that manifestation comes right in. So you've got to ask those questions are very important because... Now, I will say this with healing. um, Our bodies are breaking down. Okay, as we get older, it's going to be different. You know, and we, um, um, our, our outside suit ain't going to stay up with our inside. Now, that don't mean we'll die, have to die to sickness and disease. Okay, but getting a little slower, feeling a little different per se, isn't necessarily a sign of sickness. It is a process of you've been given a word from the king that man will live on the earth for 120 years. And your body's only responding to that. Okay? Um, right, because if, if we're standing in faith for someone else, that can be a whole nother problem. There's one thing about believing for ourselves. It's another thing believing for someone else. Because you can have faith for someone else at, for a season, but then they have a responsibility to grow in the Word themselves. And if they don't, then your amount of faith and what you know God can do for them won't matter. It won't matter. Because they're personally responsible. God requires that all of His kids grow up. And if they don't, that's a problem. That is a major problem. Does that answer some of that? Because I mean, there, I, I understand when you ask that question, there's a lot more questions I could ask to try to get even more clarity and maybe could get an even tighter answer for you. Okay? Because um, I said this one time. The Bible tells us in James... We have not because we ask not. And we ask and don't receive. Because we ask amiss. And I've come to find out more and more that if you're not doing the purpose that God assigns you on the earth, a lot of times our asking is just for selfishness for ourselves. And the Lord's saying, you're not going to do it for the reason why I assigned you. And, that, and that's an asking amiss. And uh, Kenneth e. Hagan said this in one of his healing books, that there was a lady that was in one of his healing crusades, um, and uh, she was quite older and had come down to get healing, and he was laying hands on people. And when he got to her, the Lord said, don't touch her. And, you know, kind of stepped back, and then the Holy Spirit said, I called her to be a missionary 30 years ago, and she's rebelled and not doing it. She won't receive her healing go to the next person. So, I guarantee you, that lady... Knew God's word concerning healing. I guarantee you that woman knew that God would heal her and can. And I bet you she's frustrated that she wasn't receiving. 
But somewhere along the line, she started overriding this truth that the Lord revealed to him. Had to do with she was rejecting her purpose and call for the earth. And, 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 and Jesus makes this statement very clear in Matthew, in Mark chapter 11, the previous verses that started this great faith discussion that Kenneth E. Hagin said all the time out of Mark 11, 22 through 24. Have faith in God. Why? Because they saw a fig tree that had withered at its root. Why did it wither? Because Jesus came the day previous to get a fig, even though it wasn't in season, because it said, was saying, I'm bearing fruit, but it wasn't. And, it, and the Lord did this. He cursed it at the root and said, May no one eat fruit from you again. Why? Because if you aren't bearing fruit, you have no assignment for the earth. There's no need for you to be here. That is the lesson of Him cursing that fig tree. If you're not going to produce the fruit that was assigned to you, then there's no reason for you to be in the earth. And it died. It died. So, that's... If you're not doing, producing the fruit that you are assigned to produce in the earth, then there's no reason for you to be in the earth. The fig's supposed to produce figs, and it wasn't. wasn't doing it. And Jesus cursed it. And says that you, we are to produce the fruit. Now, the first fruit we produce is love. Love is a, pr- a fruit-producing thing. If we're not producing fruit, man, there's a law of love. We, and it's a God kind of love. It's not our definition, but God's. But, if, but a, a lot of people don't receive it from God because they're really not doing God's purpose for them. A lot of times. Because why? In our society. Think, and a lot of people haven't received Jesus as Lord. Not supreme in authority. They don't have the same attitude Jesus had. Not my will, but your will be done. In essence, they're praying, Lord, give me my will. Lord, I want this, and I believe you for this. Why? Because it's what I want. I'm a child of God, and I'm blessed. And the Lord's saying, those things are irrelevant. I want you to do what I've called you to do, and I'll add the things that's necessary for you to do what you need to do. I mean, it changes everything. It really does.